Hello, 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 and welcome to another Win Daily Show, a Sticks Picks special. I have Nick Brettwish here with me to talk a little bit about some football. We know it's coming. We know golf is going to be on soon. NASCAR, I think, is on right now. We've got a lot of stuff rolling along, but we're very excited. We've been doing this for a little while now. We did quarterbacks, we did running backs, and tonight we are doing wide receivers. But Nick, how you doing today, man? I am well. It's uh, MLB draft night. I see you got your MLB shirt on. It yeah. uh, it really doesn't feel like MLB draft night because it just doesn't feel like baseball is coming. But it sounds like they're making significant progress, and maybe Manfred's just going to mandate a seventy game season or something like that. Something along the lines of that. We'll see if the union agrees. But it's cool to see some stuff on TV again finally, and get ready for golf tomorrow. So we got a good good batch of sports coming back. Life's coming back. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty pissed off about baseball still. Uh, we'll see what happens, but it's just starting to get to the point where I, I'm I'm a huge baseball fan, and I have lost so much interest in everything that's going on right now, to be totally honest with you. It's, it's pretty disappointing. It's pretty annoying also. I mean, I, I honestly forgot that the draft was on. I usually watch it, and we all kind of know those baseball, that they never actually make it to the draft. like it, Or they, they rarely ever actually make it to the uh, the MLB, but it, it's just one of those things, man, where I don't, I don't know. I'm just so down on it right now, as you were saying. So we'll see what happens. That's enough negativity. You're all right. You <laughs> have some, you have some fantastic golf tomorrow. I already got my lineups in. I hope everyone else got theirs in as well. Um, we got some free articles over on the site. Obviously we're doing, we're doing stuff there. Hop into the discord. It's free for seven days. And we have just people rocking and rolling in there right now, which is a lot of fun and just kind of seeing everything that's going on. But we are here to talk about wide receivers. So we did quarterbacks, as I said. We did running backs, as I said. We're here to talk about wide receivers, which we think, you know, last week when we did running backs, there was like nine dudes. And after that, it was like, well, this guy's splitting time with this guy or this guy or this guy or this guy. And now with wide receiver, it, you know, it's a passing league. So it's it's a little bit more fun. Even wide receiver twos now are going to put up a thousand yards in, in certain situations. So I'm very excited to get to talk about this with you a little bit. So, I mean, let's let's just dive in. Number one, wide receiver off the board and pretty much everybody's fantasy draft. We got Michael Thomas. What he did last year was insane, but I also don't think he can replicate it. So maybe his ADP of five is a little high, but how do you feel about Michael Thomas? And I mean, in general, and then how do you feel about him going this high in the draft? I mean, he's an amazing player. We talked a lot about him last week just because we are kind of evaluating would we rather go with a running back here in spot mm -hmm. number four, five, six, maybe seven. I doubt Michael Thomas is going to fall past seven, especially in PPR. He, he's a great asset, but I just – I don't know. I It's going to be very hard to recreate what he did last year. Obviously, towards the end of the season, they were motivated to break that record. They broke that record. Mm -hmm. Hell of a season. That was awesome. But – I mean, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. You know Josh Hill's always going to get his use. I have Kamara projected so damn high this year. I think he's going to be a big focal point of that offense. And Andrew Brees really can't throw the ball deep anymore. At least they don't. Their average depth of target is so low compared to the most teams that score a shit ton of points. Like, we, we see New Orleans always play in, in higher total games. That went down a lot last year in regards to, like, their average total. A lot of it was because their division was pretty poor, but – I don't know. It just seems like, again, to, to beat the, the nail on the head like we did last week, I just think if you're looking at Michael Thomas, you should probably just go with a running back because these top-tier running backs are few and far between, especially now with Dalvin Cook potentially holding out. Like That's one more guy off the mm -hmm. board that you cannot get in the first round or you don't want to at least risk it in the first round right now if we're doing best ball or anything like that. It's probably not a good idea. Maybe when mm -hmm. you're 
season-long draft starting in August or something like that, we'll have a better line of sight on what Dalvin's going to do. But it's just it's not worth it to me unless you're in a heavy PPR format and like maybe more. I've seen people playing a point and a half PPR like that's insane. Maybe that's that's better for tight ends or something like that. But for yeah. receivers, that's a bit absurd. But I've seen it happen. So I mean, then I would weight Michael Thomas a little heavier than most of these bell cut running backs, but. To me, I'm going to fade. He's a great player, so if you get him, you can't be mad. If he's your keeper in a keeper league, absolutely roll him. There's nothing wrong with him. He's healthy. He's young. He's motivated. He's always talking with some other player in the NFL, mm-hmm. talking shit on Twitter. So you know he's he likes to put up numbers and and you know make that Michael Tam- Thomas brand even stronger than it already is. So he, you know, it's a great pick. It's just not the pick that I'm interested in this year right mm-hmm. now for that spot at the draft. Where, how far does he have to fall for you to say? He's, you know, again, you know, if he's at that, you know, as ADP is five, five and change right now. So he's going four, five, six in most places. It sounds like if he's at eight, if you're at eight and, you know, there's what, who's going to be there? Aaron Jones, maybe, um, you know, who, who are we looking at at eight for running yeah, backs? Mixon, like, oh, who, Mixon who, and would you, would you take Michael? I mean, I'm going to take him above Miles Sanders. Are you take? I know you're, you're very high on Mixon. Are you going to take him above? Like, where is that line where you're just like, all right, he has fallen too far. I have to take him now. I think at eight. So if he does fall after seven, like I said earlier, I don't. I don't think he'll ever fall past seven. But if he does, Neither I think do you got to take it because you're guaranteed twelve points a week with him, especially in PPR, maybe fifteen. That you know, that's such a great number. It's such a great floor. If you can get some upside later in the draft, and there are some running backs that we targeted last week. If you haven't listened, definitely a really good podcast to go back and listen to because we do kind of show the landscape of every way a draft could fall for you. So if you don't get a top dog running back and Michael Thomas is sitting there at seven or eight, definitely take him for sure because he's just so safe. So as much as I don't like his upside, unless he catches 15 balls a game, the floor is just always there. And you can't really say that about many players in the NFL. And another interesting thing to talk about is how, what do you, how much, how do I want to word this without sounding too silly? How, where does his upside go? If Jameis Winston, He's the quarterback versus Drew Brees. As you said, for for a team that scores that many points, they don't really throw it that deep. He seems like he gets nine catches for 90 yards and a touchdown every game. It feels like that's his floor. I know, obviously, I'm being facetious, but how how much cooler, how much more interesting does that become? The Saints offense in general, but specifically Michael Thomas, how much more interested are you in him with Drew Brees or James Winston as a quarterback? Uh, I for sure want Drew Brees just because we know that that vibe is there. They trust mm-hmm. each other. I mean, he'll throw him the ball before Michael Thomas even breaks his route because he knows one more step. Michael Thomas is going to be open. They just know each other so well. Jameis has been so erratic. I, I expected bigger things from him this year. If he got a QB one job somewhere, I know that we were talking about it on draft day. The chargers seemed like the best spot for him because he could throw the deep ball to Mike Williams. And then he could play, you know, Chris Godwin with, Keenan Allen and they mm-hmm. had great tight end and Hunter Henry just seemed like a great spot for him. Maybe the LASIK surgeries, you know, going to help him out a little bit, but with Michael Thomas, let's see this, his target market share on the saints last year was 33%. So I don't want, if I'm investing in Michael Thomas, I don't want anything to change. I want Drew Brees back under center. It's probably never going to be 33% again, again, Emmanuel Sanders, maybe Taysom Hill, all this stuff going on mm-hmm. there, but I don't have him projected. I think I got him projected for 28% target market share and a little bit over that in the passing yard market share right now from my Saints projection. So even if that's a downtick, that's still a hell of a year. Yeah, that's still incredible. And one thing I will say, I agree. I do want Drew Brees, but it would be more interesting to say the least with Jameis Winston. But as we know, with Drew Brees specifically, 
the ball is going to be there. I mean, what's his completion percentage every year? It's like just it, it feels like it keeps getting higher and higher. Yeah, he's game. damn near last 70. Year, yeah. Last year, two years ago, he was what, 30 of 31 on like Monday Night Football. It might have been against the Red Colts game. game. That was a Colts oh, game. Is that what it was? Yeah. It was something ridiculous. Was like 30 yeah. of 31. Like that's not how football is supposed to work, but that's how it works, especially if I guess you have Michael Thomas. So obvious number one wide receiver off the board. Not really a question about it. Uh, Michael Thomas. And as you said, you know, you, you can get him at seven, eight, you know, eight specifically, but he is going a little bit higher than that in most drafts. So I, as we said, probably need one of those running backs more. In, he, they're going to be more important to your team than a wide receiver is, especially one that's that good, but it's still going to be very interesting. So with Michael Thomas off the board now, it's a huge, huge, as a relative term drop to the number two and number three wide receivers coming off the board. Devontae Adams at 12 and DeAndre Hopkins around 14. How do you feel about these guys? We can almost, I know they're not quite in the next tier or whatever. They're still all really great, but how, how do you feel about these guys and and what um, specifically Devontae Adams with no other wide receivers and DeAndre Hopkins coming into a new situation? I love Devontae Adams 100%. If I could get him, I would love to do it. We saw, you know, live on this draft or on draft night, we were all thinking the Packers were going to make some sort of play for a wide receiver. They didn't do it. They grabbed a backup quarterback as we all know, mm-hmm. but that should just – it's going to be all Devontae Adams. Last year, 23% or 23.3% target market share and just about 25% of the passing yards. I expect both of those to go up towards that 28 range where I have Michael Thomas because, as Aaron Rodgers saw all year long, there really aren't many players that he could rely on. Um, I'm expecting big things from Sternberger. We could talk about that next week whenever we do tight ends, but – Again, he's just not going to jump into a massive role. I think, if anything, it's just going to be all Devontae Adams in this running game, a little bit of, you know, I don't know, Velda Scantling. I know Rogers still mm-hmm. talks him up, but we've never seen it out of that guy. Allison drops the ball like crazy. I think he runs terrible routes, fast as hell. I don't, but, even, I don't even think he's on the Packers anymore. Good. Get him out. Yeah, so I'm just looking <laughs> at all these uh, market shares last year. And, Lizard, and the next guy, Lizard was a guy that kind of did some stuff last year, right? Yeah, I mean, he was reliable. He he ran pretty sharp routes. I liked him. He'd get open. He didn't catch everything, but, you know, that was half the bet. Rodgers would throw him the ball, though, so Rodgers likes him. But I just think Devontae Adams is kind of a buy low Michael Thomas. He only had five touchdowns last year. I got projected for nine. So, you know, if those go up, maybe that six, seven, eight, nine, maybe more range. I think it's just going to be a hell of a season for Devontae Adams, and you can get him 10 picks later than Michael Thomas. So that's that's my pick. If I had the choice of taking Michael Thomas around five or six or Devontae Adams around 13 through 15, give me Devontae Adams all day there around later. I, I completely agree with you, especially with, you know, again, go back and listen to the running back episode because we do really do, uh, you do a great job of diving deep into all right, who are the main dudes? And then who are some of those shares that we want to get, those running back shares that we want to get of? It's pretty interesting to look at and see how that goes. And then how about DeAndre Hopkins coming into a new situation, going about a pick and a half uh, in terms of ADP after Devontae Adams. So you have very clear cut number one. You then have these next two guys that are going relatively close to each other. Coming into a new system, it's going to be a fun system to say the least. Not that he was in an, an unfun or a non-fun system before, but... I don't know with Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, like, do you think that's, that's a, a positive, the two of them, a negative, or do you think it stays neutral by kind of canceling each other out? I think it's a huge bump up for Kyler Murray. Um, yes. But for DeAndre Hopkins last year, he had a 30% market share in Tennessee or in at the Texans. Sorry, Houston. 
that is not going to happen in a five wide set that Kingsbury runs mm-hmm. often. So I, I don't know. I, if, if you love, like I, I love Deandre Hopkins. I've had him on my main league teams many times. He's such a, a fun guy to watch, especially around the sidelines. He's just an, you know, acrobatic wide receiver who catches everything. But if you're, if you're drafting Deandre Hopkins, expecting like a, a 25%, if not higher market share that we're all used to the last couple of years, that's not going to happen in this offense. So it still looks like the public just absolutely loves him. Like Kyler's just going to tunnel vision in. I just don't think that's the way that offense is built. So to me, if you love DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to have to pass on him, in my opinion. The ADP is too high right now. And just go get Kyler Murray. If if you want to root on DeAndre Hopkins, get your exposure of him through Kyler Murray because I think this is a huge bump up for Kyler Murray, huge bump up for Kingsbury. He's going to love it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just – I don't like Hopkins that early at all because there's just too many different ways that that offense could run and so many route trees, especially with the the five mm-hmm. wide, like I said. So I don't know. I've tried to study it and, and find a way that DeAndre Hopkins just goes off. He's going to be good. Like he's yeah. going to have a very good floor. He's still one of the best wide receivers in football, probably the best hands in my opinion. But I don't know. He doesn't have burner ability there either. He's not going to go catch a 60-yard bomb and take it to the house. That's more of obviously we saw Will Fuller do that last mm-hmm. year. He was the guy to do that in Houston. He's not the guy to do that in Arizona. So I don't know. I, I don't love it. It's just they're right around the same time, Devontae Adams or Hopkins. I would take Adams 100 times out of 100. I would not even get a share of Hopkins if I was doing 100 best ball drafts or anything like that right now. I'm just all Devontae Adams. It's just such a better price for such a better market share. And, you know, I'm sure DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a lot of touchdowns. I think last year what he have here, seven. So I, I think that number should stay right around that area. You know, that six to eight range, maybe more. If, if Kyler does trust him like crazy, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be hard to believe. But just that 30% market share is what made DeAndre Hopkins so special in fantasy. And I just don't see that ever being replicated in Arizona. It's, it's going to be difficult, as you said, with those five wide receiver sets. I mean, it felt like every other week there was a new wide receiver in uh, Texas and in Houston, with, yeah. you know, with everybody constantly being hurt. You know, Kenny, Kenny Stills, right, came in and, sure. you know, then he was kind of hurt. And obviously, Will Fuller is perpetually hurt, so we never really know. So, I mean, there was really <laughs> only one guy that Deshaun Watson could actually develop chemistry with because there was only one guy that was ever on the field. Now, as we've seen, you know, Kyler already being there, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know. He's not really panning out as much as everyone hoped. I think last year was his second year, so we'll see what his third year can bring. But adding DeAndre Hopkins to the mix, I don't think is going to help. So we'll see. I'm I'm excited to watch that Arizona offense. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. They unload an okay running back and get one of the best wide receivers in the game. I agree with you. I don't think he is going to do what he has done in the past, but from an actual just football standpoint outside of fantasy, I think it's an incredible deal. And I'm yeah, so he's going to help that. watch the Cardinals play. Yeah, that's, that's a great, great grab for that team. And it's great for Kyler Murray. So that's my, my answer is if you want Hopkins that bad, don't pay his price. Just go get mm-hmm. Kyler Murray because he's still, you know, I think he's maybe the third or fourth quarterback off the board, but I'm fine with taking him because he runs a lot too. And he's got a ton of weapons and it's such a special offense for, expected fantasy output so yeah I, I like it if you want to reach and go grab kyler a couple picks earlier and then you think he'll go because you want to watch hopkins that much and, and cheer mm-hmm. him on for your fantasy roster absolutely go get kyler it should be fun man it should be fun so moving on to a couple other wide receivers so 
I'm going to, I'm going to break this up a little bit. So we have three wide receivers right in the same range. I'm just going to talk about the first two for a second. Cause I think the next two are going to be a more interesting conversation on its own. So we have Tyree kill at 17 Julio Jones at 19 Julio Jones is still just there. He is just an animal Tyree kill. Obviously when Patrick Mahomes throws you the ball, it helps. But as we saw last year, he did get hurt. And if I'm not mistaken, Tyree kills production did come down a little bit because Hey, Matt Moore isn't Patrick Mahomes. You can't really hold that against him. Uh, Julio Jones never catches touchdown passes though, which is just some weird like anomaly. He'll get all these yards. Uh, I think he had a game a couple years ago. We had like 300 yards and only a single touchdown or something, just like wacky, wacky stats. So how do you feel about these guys? I mean, in, in that next kind of just a little bit of a bump down, um, considering some of the running backs, let me just pop over there for a second and, and see who's in that range. So in the 17 ish range, we're looking at Austin Eckler around 15, Josh Jacobs at, and around 16. So it's kind of one of those dudes, Kenron Drake, maybe if he falls a little bit, but it's, it's one of those dudes or it's the potential wide receivers. Um, who, who are you looking at? And I guess, how, how do you feel about those two guys, Tyree Kill and Julio Jones? Give me Julio. I've gotten him in every best ball draft I've done. Um, Tyree Kill also, I love getting him in best ball. If you can, he's, he's certainly more of an asset in best best ball because the days that he goes for, 180 and two scores or you know buck 10 and one it's still a hell of a fantasy game but it's not there every single week but he is becoming a little bit more of a ppr asset because he is such a strong route runner mahomes trusts him Mm -hmm. Um, but julio jones is pound for pound the best wide receiver in football i don't get why he's now wide receiver five he should be in front of hopkins he's arguably should be in front of Devontae adams but the public is pretty smart right now realizing that Devontae adams is the only game in town in green bay so that's great. Obviously, people love Calvin Ridley this year. I've I've seen a ton of articles of people pumping him up, but Julio is still the man there. I, I love Julio Jones. I think he's similar to Michael Thomas with that floor. You're always going to get those 8 to 10 points, especially in a PPR format. He's going to get six-plus catches a game. But I try to get as much Julio as I can right now because I think his price is going to rise up. I just don't understand why the public is not – they're not off Julio, but going to 20. This guy was a top-10 pick most years, so – I like that, and I just love the spot of Julio. Is because you're you're like the the fourth, fifth, sixth pick in the first mm-hmm. round, and when it comes back in snakes too, Julio's probably sitting there waiting for you. So if you want to get these bell cow running backs right away, and then go to Julio as your wide receiver one, because usually in fantasy, when I remember drafting in the years past, if I wanted Julio, I was not getting a running back in round one because Julio was going in round one. Now he's going in the middle of round two. So sign me up for Julio all day, every day. It's not, I mean, you can't really, again, we're, we're still at the top of the draft. So really any of these guys, if you can grab them, it's really just who don't you want at that point sure. more than anything. Cause you would take any of these guys, of course, but it's yeah. very interesting to me. I, I agree with you. I mean, Julio Jones has kind of, he's been, it feels like he's been falling recently. And I think to, I think it's less to do with him and more to do with the, the, the rest of the league, right? We all know he's still one of the best in the league, but the Patrick Mahomes hype that's going to drive Tyreek Hill up the fact that he's a burner and, you know, he could take it 90 yards to the house on every other play. Uh, you know, obviously what Michael Thomas did last year and what he's done the last couple of years makes sense. Devontae Adams, as you said, the only game in town. DeAndre Hopkins was essentially the only game in town. Yeah. So, you know, these guys that are ahead of him, it's not crazy to think why the public is there, but the fact that he's falling so low, I think also has to do with what we talked about with the running backs. There's only a few running backs. You really, really need to grab one ASAP. If not, you're kind of sitting in a bad situation like I am in our best ball draft that's currently <laughs> going on. Um, not in the best situation with running back. So hopefully we'll see what happens. It's unfortunate just the way the, the board falls sometimes. Love my wide receivers, and that's why I'm excited to talk tonight because there's so many of them. But 
you really need to make sure you get those running backs. And again, if it snakes back around again, you can grab Julio as your second pick. That's that's not a bad place to be, man. It's not a bad place yep. to be at all. So 100% agree. That's if you get Tyreek Hill in that same situation, by all means, go ahead. But I just think the floor of Julio Jones is almost second to none besides Michael Thomas. So I, I love that, you know, maybe Devontae Adams, but give then, me Julio over Hopkins every single day of the week. So that is the top five. Um, spent a little bit of time there, and I think that part's very important. So six and seven, this is where it starts to get real interesting to me. We have Chris Godwin going at 20, essentially, ADP of 20, 19.98. And then Mike Evans at an ADP of 27. They are ranked sixth and seven on this website, NFC, NFFC, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? Something like that. Chris Godwin over Mike Evans by almost seven, eight picks. That's kind of weird, right? I just, it's, I think it's hilarious that they're wide receiver six and seven right now. Yeah, Seth, public telling you, I don't know which one is going to be the huge benefactor of it. Um, I think, you know, Arian said they're going to run the 12 package. So effectively that's two tight ends often, which makes perfect sense with Gronk, Bright, and OJ Howard. They have the, the personnel to do it. Maybe they run the ball a little bit more because I just, I don't know, Arians has always been pass heavy, but. I don't know. I th- if they run that much twelve set, so I don't see Godwin being on the field a ton because that leaves the slot receiver usually out of the mix there, unless they play too wide there with with Godwin and Mike Evans. And Godwin can play outside too. He's a, just a very good wide receiver. He's a big mm-hmm. body. He's not like that that little Julian Edelman type style where he's really only going to excel matched up with a linebacker or a safety. Godwin can beat a cornerback all day. So. I think if I had to choose one of them, because this is the way the public is too, they're like, I don't know which one, I guess Godwin, because Julian Edelman was so successful with Brady being in the slot. So obviously Godwin's a better athlete. He's younger, faster, bigger. Like, okay, I just think it's Julian Edelman upgraded. I could see people having that mindset, and that was my mindset at first. But the 12 package, you know, kind of scares me a little bit, but not too much. I think I'd go with Mike Evans. I still think Brady has a very strong deep ball and he's never had a guy as big as Mike Evans. I think he's just going to throw, you know, and he's more accurate than Jameis Winston. So I, I like Evans. I think he gets a, a good bump in touchdowns this year. I know he had some last year too, a really good, really good year. Both of them Godwin went, went off too, but that's the hardest question probably that you're going to ask me all day. Which one of the Bucks receivers would I take? I think Evans, um, but yeah, I don't it's, know. That's tough. You're totally right. It's weird that the public is also kind of just like, we don't really know. One of these two guys is going to be we're not really alone. good. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not alone. We'll never be alone, Nick. You'll never be alone if you have me, so don't worry about it there. But no, I think it's more, you know, it's just, it's really interesting to me that also, you know, we've seen what Mike Evans has done consistently, consistently, consistently. Chris Godwin, you know, obviously just blows up last year. He was absolutely fantastic. And now all of a sudden he's getting, starting to get taken ahead of Mike Evans. But again, they're still ranked six and seven in the, in the rankings. So it's just, it's just such a weird situation. We'll see. I mean, as you said, they also have all those tight ends. There's no chance they usually, I mean, how often are they not going to have two tight ends on the field? I mean, unless one of them is hurt, they have three really good tight ends in my opinion. I mean, three, OJ Howard, really, we haven't seen as much as we nearly as much as we would have liked. But if you have Gronk, even at 75% of what Gronk is, I still still think that's fantastic. Cameron Brait, I think he's been great. I never understood why they drafted OJ Howard, honestly, but I'm excited to see it. He's a red zone monster. 
That's so it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be weird. But I think just that right there kind of tells you what kind of a year in fantasy it's going to be. There's not many running backs. And then all of a sudden you're, you're poised with, OK, which Tampa Bay wide receiver do you want more? Uh, so it's it's going to get funky and it's going to get weird. So moving on uh, a little bit. So Mike Evans is getting taken around 27. I did want to make sure Chris Godwin in the 20s or in the in the teens still Mike Evans, 27. Kenny Galladay at 28, Amari Cooper, 32, Cooper Cup, 33, Odell Beckham, 34. So that's our next, what, 10, 5? I don't I can't count. How of this crop of guys, I mean, Odell Beckham falling that far. Now he's wide receiver 11, where routinely he's in the top five for wide receivers. Amari Cooper, yeah, we've seen him have some good games. Cooper Cup was kind of trash, not trash, but he was hurt and then kind of sucked last year. So it's really weird how some of this is starting to shake out already. So this is a great spot to really make sure you get one of these guys. And I am, you know, this is going with Galladay, Cooper, Cooper, Amari Cooper, and then Cooper Cup are the next two off the boards in PPR formats. DJ Moore, I will never understand the hype on DJ Moore right now. It makes no sense. I haven't seen anybody else down on him. So, like, I guess I'm an anomaly right there, but I want nothing to do with anything Teddy Bridgewater is going to produce. Odell Beckham, I love the uh, the price, but there's a ton of miles to feed in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Stefanski offense, that really, in my opinion, screams running back and tight end production in the red zone. But Odell is going to you know, bitch a ton if he doesn't get the ball. He's a freak athlete, great hands, incredible route runner. Love Odell Beckham. But I don't know. It, there, there's so many miles to feed in Cleveland. So in my opinion... I want as much Kennedy Galladay as I can get. And that kind of goes back to Tampa Bay too. If you have to choose Godwin, Evans, or Galladay, I think I would just try to wait out another round and get Galladay because that is an offense or not an offense. That is a, just a player I'm in love with. I think he's a freak wide receiver last year, 21% of the market share in Detroit, 28% of the passing yard market share and their average depth of target in Detroit was over 11 yards. These guys bomb the ball when they do pass it. I know Patricia would like to establish the run a little bit more, but last year they were just playing from behind almost from the start of the game every single week. So they had to pass it should be a little bit better this year, but I think we're not going to see as much Marvin Jones. So, you know, Marvin Jones had nine touchdowns last year. Galladay had 11. So like they love throwing to the receivers in the red zone. That's not going to change. I, I just hope Marvin Jones doesn't, you know, when you're, it's always a, a DFS thing. You're like Galladay or Marvin Jones this week. And you usually go with Marvin Jones because he's cheaper. But then there's weeks that Galladay got down to like the low 6K range on DraftKings. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going with Galladay because he's better, gets more targets. You just hope Marvin Jones doesn't take all the touchdowns that week. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to build this offense around Galladay. So I like Galladay. It just, yeah, the, the average up target at 11, I think, leads the NFL. So, that's just a little cheap stat you can kind of have in your back pocket that should support more yardage for Galladay. And he had 11 touchdowns again last year. I think I got him projected for 10 just because 11 is such a high number to project, but I could see him going from 12 to 13 and just take away Marvin Jones some of these times and, and Galladay's going to eat. I mean, he had 11 touchdowns last year and Matt Stafford only played what, like the first five games of the year, right, I think. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, would, uh, da- um, who the hell was their quarterback from Purdue? The Blau Plow, David they, Blau. Yes, David Blau was in there for a little while. They, I mean, they, he had 11 touchdowns with nobody at quarterback. I think uh, Driscoll was the other guy, too. Like, yeah, I had, he had nothing yeah, to Cincinnati, work with. Cincinnati legend Jeff Driscoll <laughs> right there. Never forget, never forget. But no, it's just, it's it's crazy to me to think how how well he did with without his quarterback, essentially, in Matt Stafford. So we'll see, man. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic. 
what about so Amari Cooper and Cooper Cup? Which of the Coopers do you prefer? I guess. Oh, I'll take Amari for sure. Um, for Cooper Cup, it's I would just rather wait for Robert Woods. I think he gets moved around the formation way more than Cooper Cup does. I, I think Cooper Cup's more a, a one-dimensional player. He excels in the slot, as Robert Woods can go anywhere. They run a ton of Jeff sweeps, so Robert Woods too. So he's going to get a lot of market share in both the running and the passing game, in my opinion, with McVay. Um, but yeah, it's weird to see no one really talk about Amari Cooper, but he is there as wide receiver nine coming off the board. So like people like him, I like him. It's just there again, so many miles of feet. I don't think CeeDee Lamb comes in and just takes a ton of targets away from Amari Cooper. Um, but Amari Cooper only had 20% of the target market share in Dallas this year. That's a good number, but that's not a great number in my opinion, because you can go down, get Allen Robinson is going to get 25, 26%. Juju Smith-Schuster probably around the same number there with Big Ben back. AJ Brown, you know, I don't know. It's just, I want nothing to do with Cooper Cup at that price. Uh, another long answer long that I always seem to do on this show. But Amari Cooper, I think he could do way worse than that. But for that price at 31, I think there's a lot of good running backs that come back to the board right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I think I have Devin Singletary, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like, I would take Clyde Edwards Hilaire over Amari Cooper right there just because the upside is mm-hmm. through the roof with Hilaire. So, that's kind of like my draft strategy is when I get to this range, I think I'd rather wait. If I can't get Galladay, I'm definitely not taking Cooper Cup or TJ Moore. Odell Beckham, I would entertain it for sure. But, you know, I just never seem to be looking at Amari Cooper. So, I don't know. I'm just going to keep rolling with that. I may get him in a couple best balls now just to get some exposure but I have no interest in really paying that price in, in season long when I can just go get mm-hmm. Clyde Edwards Alaire, who may be a season long winner for you. Exactly. Yeah. He's, uh, he's definitely going to do his thing down there in Kansas city, which we're very excited for. And yeah, again, just a very weird top 10. I don't understand why Cooper cups in the top 10. I know I got him in our best ball draft. I just want to see where I got him. Cause I don't feel like I got him in the third round. It just right. seems well, yeah, our draft is down on him for sure. Cause I remember I, yeah. I looked at him for like two rounds. It's like, yeah, He's getting to the point where I like I want to buy him. Yeah, that's, it's that's like the, the public's thing. just saying Brandon Cooks is gone, so Cooper Cup's going to eat. Like, no, they're not the same guy. They don't run anywhere near the same route tree. They're not in the same spot of the offense. I I just think it's bump up Robert Woods and those tight ends, Gerald Everett and, and Higby. Yeah, I or think at that point Everett, already, I got <laughs> I got Devonte Adams, Juju Smith Schuster, and Aaron Jones. Cooper Cup was somewhere in the fifties, I think. I got him, so there I don't mind it. Yeah, um, that's right. Here, where he's going as wide receiver ten. I mean, I personally took two wide receivers before him, um, so I just think it's very weird that he's going that high. I mean, the Rams' offense is fun. He was one of the best wide receivers when he was on the field. But as I said, you know, he kind of got hurt last year. And then when he did come back, I don't think he did all that much. Uh, Robert Woods was a huge disappointment for me last year. That really uh, sucked in my, uh, in my home league. That didn't help, but Odell at, at 11 um, ranked 11, Allen Robinson. How crazy is that? Allen Robinson, DJ Moore right after him. I agree with you. DJ Moore makes no sense. Allen Robinson's going to get a huge target share. I actually made a nice trade for him last year in one of my leagues. And then actually it, it was a, it was a net positive, which is nice. AJ Brown ranked 14th um, wide receiver coming off the board, ADP of 40. He was great last year, but it was all he. It, it felt like every time I looked up, it was like AJ Brown caught four balls for 120 yards and two touchdowns. Like that is completely unsustainable. And then it felt like every single week he just kept doing it, just kept doing it. I saw some ridiculous stat. He had like. 60 catches for over a thousand yards and i'm just completely going off like the top of my head it was like some really weird number where his average um 
his average completion was just sky high. Like how sustainable is that throughout an entire season? I don't think that's possible. Right? No, it's not. He's a yak monster. Like he broke yeah. so many tackles. Like he never actually, like they, they don't throw the ball deep in Tennessee. It's not like he was running 50 yard go routes and taking him to the house. He was just Brian Tannehill's just airing it out the whole time. Yeah, he's running quick slant. And he's such a beast, though. I, I love that dude. Great. I always like watching Old Miss football, and he was special, especially with Metcalf on the other side. Like that mm-hmm. is a fun wide receiving core you have there in uh, Oxford, Mississippi, I believe. Go down to the Grove if you've never been there. Hell of a tailgate. Great time. Uh, then the library, I think, is a bar that I don't remember going to, but <laughs> great times down there in Oxford. Definitely. And now uh, we get Lane Kiffin, and, uh, and the Egg Bowl is going to be Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. Like I am, I'm down if you are, man. I would for are. sure go. Absolutely. I Thanksgiving. Love it. Yeah, I don't like my Abby family I'm, anyway. Let's go. Yeah. Tell Abby I'm going on like a, a mission or some something really good will, but we'll go to Oxford <laughs> and get wasted. It'll be great. But uh, yeah, AJ Brown, he had 20% of the target market share. So like he's definitely a wide receiver one in fantasy. That number is probably not going anywhere, but potentially up because Corey Davis sure as shit can't do it. But Corey Davis sucks. Yeah, I don't know. This team runs the ball so much. So again, like you said, if AJ Brown doesn't break four tackles and go to the house one and a half times a game like uh, I don't know but he's more of a DFS play for me on certain weeks and in games that are maybe a little more up pace that they got to throw in but I, I don't know he's a hard player to handicap I will mm-hmm. never tell anybody they're they're making a bad play with a young wide receiver who runs great routes and can't be tackled like on paper it looks amazing mm-hmm. I just don't think that the offense is really going to have a ton of output for him and they their schedule doesn't look like they need to really play up pace a lot this year anyway. So that's a big thing. If you like A.J. Brown, kind of analyze their schedule and and forecast multiple games that they may be playing from behind in, and then I can get behind it, but I've done it, and and I just don't see it. But, again, I will never talk anybody off A.J. Brown because the dude's so young and and he's already this good. So Exactly, yes. I'm all for it. If if you're all for it, I'm I'm cool with it, but I think I'd rather just find a, a running back here and wait a little bit to get, you know, go get Tyler Lockett or Robert Woods 10, 15 picks later. Mm-hmm. Um, Debo, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to those receivers. But, yeah, <laughs> we'll it, in my drafts, when I see A.J. Brown, I look down at Tyler Lockett. I'm like, I'm just going to grab a running back and go get Lockett next time and, mm-hmm. and hope Lockett's yeah. there. He's been there. So that's kind of my my strategy again. I'm, I'm going to preach what I'm doing. So, I got to, you know, stick to up for, for what I'm saying because I don't want to tell you guys a bunch of bullshit that I'm not personally doing. That is what I'm doing. I don't seem to be getting a lot of A.J. Brown, but in best ball, you probably should because that dude is going to break tackles and have multiple two-touchdown games. Exactly, yeah. It's it's just he's such a, as you said, he's a very weird, very difficult guy to handicap and understand because there's, there's going to be some of those games where it's three catches for 10 yards because he caught those slants and then was tackled. Right. And yep. that's about it. That's all that happened. And then you'll get those other games where it's four or five catches for 120 yards because he took him to the house. So he is incredible. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think again, I'm kind of off of him. As you said, in best ball, it makes more sense, but in season long, it's going to be difficult. They're going to be feeding Derek Henry. Cause it's essentially, you know, it was his contract the year last year. They're not going to pay him. They gave him the franchise tag. So they're going to run him into the ground if possible. I still don't think Ryan Tannehill's that good. So we'll see what happens there, but I agree. Can't say no, right? I mean, he clearly did what he did last year, maybe a little bit later in the draft, but I think, you know, top 40 might be a little, maybe a tough pill to swallow. Um, yeah. And then in that case, like, honestly, you're the next pick, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster at 41. So AJ Brown's going at about 40, Juju Smith's going about 41. I would much, much rather have Juju Smith-Schuster. Again, contract year. He is in, you know, he was terrible last year with literally nobody at quarterback. 
two years ago though he had like 160 targets and that like um that's not i actually might be under i, I might be um what's the word i'm looking for undervaluing no i don't think undervaluing there's another no. word i'm looking for but it was like 160 targets it was something just astronomical that you're like how is that even possible and last year i think his targets dropped by 100 so we went from like 160 to about 70 targets which is just insane to me i would much rather him over aj brown you know at that 40 if you're getting if you're picking around 40 i would much rather juju smith over aj brown there yep i think he's younger than aj brown too that's a weird thing juju is so young that's yeah not positive don't quote me there but i'm 90 percent sure so i would uh I put it all on black there on uh, on roulette. If we're saying you that know, that makes you forty eight percent positive. I think. Yeah, yeah, maybe terrible analogy, but yeah, give me Juju Smith Schuster. Big Ben's back. They had such good chemistry. I, I know that at first I was a believer that Juju was a benefit of Antonio Brown drawing so much coverage, but and I don't know. I think Juju's the real deal. Um, I I love him with Big Ben. I always want some part of a Big Ben offense and a Tomlin offense, especially if, you know, obviously Big Ben being there makes a world of difference because with Rudolph and Duck Hodges, that offense just disappeared and they had to rely on their defense to win games and they did it. Their defense was awesome last year. Going to be awesome again this year. But yeah, give me Juju Smith-Schuster 100 times out of 100 over A.J. Brown. Um, that's the stance I'm taking this year. I'm a firm believer in Big Ben and Juju getting back on track, and you're getting Juju at a big discount compared to where he was last year. So that's what I love. Just kind of played the market over the last year or two, and we're getting a hell of a value on Juju Smith. I completely agree. I think it's it's very interesting. So let's let's go to the next block, the next five. So we have Adam Thielen, 16th wide receiver coming off the board, your guy. I think that he moved up. I think when you first screenshot this to me and sent it, he was 18 and you laughed. So I'm curious what you think about him moving up to 16, 46, uh, 46.5 ADP. Cortland Sutton, 17th off the board, 47 ADP. DK Metcalf, I almost said DJ, DK Metcalf at 49. Calvin Ridley at 50. Robert Woods at 51. How do you feel about these guys and why do you hate Adam Thielen at 16? Uh, yeah, 16, 16 so many, so many people I respect in the fantasy community love Thielen this year. And all they're saying is because it's Kubiak's wide receiver one. Like that's what you're going to stand off of. Cool. But Kubiak is more run heavy than he's ever been, in my opinion. I still believe that he was, you know, Stefanski was his puppet. That was still his show to run. This team just doesn't use the wide receiver in the red zone at all. I think last year, let's see, they, I, I've said it last week, the running backs used 90% or 70% of the red zone opportunities and the tight ends had like 18%, I think, or 15. Wide receivers were just 15%. I think that was dead last in the NFL for sure, by far dead last. Like they do not throw to the wide receiver in the red zone. So if you think Thielen's going to have a huge year, you better draft him in PPR, I guess, because in – Standard leagues, I do not think that Kubiak's just going to flip this offense to a, a more pass-heavy thing in the red zone because it's the zone-running scheme. There are going to be holes. If you could break one tackle or find that one open spot in that offense where that run zone scheme is meant to be, you know, to free up, they're going to score a ton of touchdowns on the ground, and if not, a lot of play action to the tight end like Rudolph and uh, Irv Smith, I think, is the other guy, another stud athlete. So, I don't know. I think Thielen, I never played him when Stephon Diggs was out. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. I think most weeks for me that was extremely profitable because I think, again, it's kind of like what I said with Juju and Antonio Brown. Juju was always open because Antonio Brown drew the best coverage. Same thing with Diggs because Adam Thielen is not fast. He is a good route runner, great hands, but 
I think Thielen does his best work on the inside part of the field. Um, they drafted Justin Jefferson, who, again, I think he's a uh, – was LSU, right? And when, what I saw from his tape, he's damn good in the slot too. So I don't necessarily think that Adam Thielen's going to go right back to the slot where he was the player that broke out a couple of years ago when we all wanted to get on our fantasy team last year. But I don't know. If Thielen's going on the outside a lot more like I think he's going to, I want nothing to do with this price for him. I know Kubiak wide receiver ones are absolute studs, but you look at those guys, they are not Adam Thielen. They are fast. They are big. They can get open on the outside. They could beat one-on-one press coverage. I don't think Thielen can do any of those things. I think he's a slot wide receiver and a hell of a slot wide receiver, but this just doesn't seem like the offense that is going to be built around Adam Thielen at all because it's going to be built out of the running game, tight ends, play action, and who's ever open. So I like Jefferson later in the draft, but yeah, Thielen that early, absolutely hell no. I, I'll say it right now, Robert Woods has more PPR points than Adam Thielen. So book it here, boys um, and girls. If you if you hear me say it and you strongly disagree, slide into the DMs and we can make a nice friendly wager. Ooh. Or I'll buy you a beer. You know, if you want to keep money out of there, there you go. I owe you a beer. Whatever. Just give me the money. I don't need the beer. I can buy my <laughs> Do you own want beer. Thielen right there? Uh, no, I do not. Okay. But I, I hope someone out there does. And I hope someone does slide into your DMs to talk about it. So um, <laughs> so I, I gave you five wide receivers to talk about. You obviously only talked about one of them yeah, because I knew that was the one you were most heated about. <laughs> but what, how do you feel about Cortland Sutton, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods? I mean, you, you obviously think Robert Woods is going to be better than Thielen. But some of those other guys, I mean, Cortland Sutton had a great year last year. I think he's going to come down to earth a little bit. I did some research over there with him and Drew Locke and his yards per game dropped by like 33%. When Drew Locke came in, he went from like 76, 77 yards a game down to like 50, I think. Targets, uh, targets were the same. What? Ah, they went up a little bit. Targets went up a little targets bit. Targets stayed essentially the same though. I mean, if we're splitting hairs between like 9.6 and 9.8, you're right. Targets did go up, but yards <laughs> didn't go anywhere. Um, and now you add in two other real life wide receivers that aren't, you know, fake names that you're going to get on Madden when you're playing dynasty mode in 2024, you know, <laughs> some of these guys, I'm sorry. Like it's, it's ridiculous who was on the team last year after Emmanuel Sanders was there for seven games and leaves. There was nobody else. Um, I think there was a Tyree Washington. Maybe there was some guy. Tim with the last Patrick. Name. I like Tim Patrick. Okay. Uh, some guy with the last name Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken, again, there was literally no other wide receivers on that team. And now you add Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. I don't know, man. I don't think he's going to do what he did last year. I don't even think he's going to be close, honestly. No, I absolutely love Cortland Sutton as a player. Fantasy, I'm starting to get down on him a little bit. I think my first NFL show this year of uh, on Sirius was talking about Cortland Sutton breaking out again. I have his touchdowns projected for nine. So if the okay. targets go down a little bit, they are going to go down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think the red zone targets are still going to be there. It's going to be him and Font in the red zone. Maybe a little bit of Judy. I don't see Hamler coming in on those big body packages. He's going to be more of that, uh, you know, when they run a three or four wide receiver set. He's an absolute burner. I do expect big things for Hamler. I, I expect big things from Drew Locke this year. A lot of people do. Just for, you know, in relation to the price, no one's really drafting Drew Locke. But I absolutely think Cortland Sutton is one of the top ten wide receivers in football. Like if I was starting my own team, he'd certainly be someone I'd be extremely interested in. But yeah, the when they drafted Judy and then Hamler, like that was a, a really, you know, kick below the belt for my love for Cortland Sutton because the production's obviously gonna go down. No font. Mm-hmm. We gotta talk about him a little bit. Like that guy deserves way more targets than he got last year. But he was kind of like an AJ Brown too. He'd score, you know, three for one ten in a touchdown. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's not like he was a huge part of the offense. He should be, in my opinion. So 
I'm having a hard time projecting Sutton. He had 124 targets last year. I would love that number to stay the same, but even if it goes down to 90 and the red zone targets go up a little bit or stay the same, I still think there's plenty of value in Cortland Sutton, but more to a standard league. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Who else that did you sense. talk about there? You uh, said we got DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods. Love Robert Woods for PPR, and I, I think I'm cool with him in a standard league or a half point just because, I th- like I talked about Cooper Cup, I think Robert Woods is going to be such a big focal point of this offense. DK Metcalf, more of a best ball guy for me, but I am, a, you know, in a standard league type of guy, I don't think he's ever going to have more than four to six catches. I think that's probably his ceiling is that six and a half, seven catches range. But, you know, the deep ball ability on that guy is second to none in the NFL. Like, he's an absolute athletic freak. So I could not talk you off Metcalf, but I would prefer Lockett because Lockett is just so damn cheap right now. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, kind of where I'm at. Why the heck is Lockett so cheap? I feel like he's super consistent. I mean, last year, I think he was hurt a little bit. So last year wasn't his best year. But like, other than that, he's always been consistent. He's always, he scores touchdowns. It feels like at a normal above average type pace, he catches a lot of balls. He goes deep every once in a while. Like, why is he down that far? And he has Russell Wilson, who we all know is going to have to throw the ball because that offensive line is just dreadful. Like, I just, I just don't understand it. No, I, I will never understand why Metcalf's going in front of him, you know, unless it's, you know, if this is all NFC best ball, then sure, I get it. But like you said, you said it best, Mech, or, uh, Lockett is consistent. That is such a big part of a building a championship fantasy roster mm-hmm. is consistency. You want good consistency. Obviously, you don't want a guy that's getting you five points every single week, but yeah. Lockett is He's similar to those guys that we talked about, like um, and Julio and Michael Thomas. Like that floor, it's not nearly as high as those guys, but that floor seven and a half, eight points in PPR league, it's not great. But you're not getting that with many other players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And just yeah, I don't understand why people are down on Lockett. If if you're giving me the chance of Metcalf at right around forty eight, I think he is right now. Or you said the number earlier, and Lockett is down fifty eight on the screenshot I'm looking at. So this was about a month ago, and and Lockett's still not skyrocketing at all. So. 10 picks later, essentially a round later. Give me Lockett. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think it, it makes sense there. I, I do like both of them, and really watching DK Metcalf catch that ball against the Philadelphia Eagles to seal the game really brought a smile to my face. So he'll always have a nice special place in my heart, which I think is pretty important. Um, So we talked uh, Keenan, Keenan Allen at, going at 21. I love Keenan Allen. Me but- too. I don't know about who the hell's throwing him the ball. Tyrod Taylor. I'm taking um, every player in that offense off my player pool. Austin yeah. Eckler's price is too high now. Yeah. I was down on yeah. him last week. I'm I'm still down on him. I, I get the usage is going to be there, but the price is too high. People are just drafting Keenan Allen like it's Keenan Allen. I, I don't yeah. like Tyrod Taylor at all. I don't think that offense is going to do much, but they are going to chase points like crazy. So I could see a ton of targets going his way. He, he doesn't run deep routes or anything like that. So, for PPR, there, there's definitely some sneaky value in Keenan Allen, but it just – I haven't targeted many of my drafts because I'd rather go get Robert Woods or Tyler Lockett a little bit later just because I, I know those offenses are still going to score points. I cannot say the same with the L.A. Chargers, but if Keenan Allen keeps dropping because he is dropping every single week, mm-hmm. we may start talking about him a bit more because the, he's a guy with a good floor and a team that's going to be losing often but I think that there's, they're going to play really slow, lean on their defense, and run the ball a lot. So I don't know. I, Keenan Allen is tough because, yeah, he's always been such a solid fantasy player, and I love him too. But 
I don't know. It's it's just it's, not a good situation. I, it, I don't want to invest in in question mark situations, and that's what exactly. we got. Exactly. It's it's very confusing to me. I don't really know what the heck's going on there. So I I love Keenan Allen. I think he's a funny dude. Just everything you see on social media, I think, is nice too. But just very weird to me um, that he is actually going that high. It's kind of weird. Um, let's drop down a little bit. Stephon Diggs in Buffalo, twenty fourth wide receiver coming off the board, sixty three ADP. How do you feel? about Stefan Diggs with Josh Allen. Yeah, you know, he's my got a rocket for an arm. He does. He does. And Diggs, Diggs is my favorite route runner in the NFL. That dude can paint a picture with his feet. He is just so precise. I love it. But how many balls are going to go 10 feet over his head, 10 feet left, 10 feet how high right? Can he like, jump out of curiosity. How high do you think Stefan Diggs can jump? I'm going to give him a 41 inch vertical. Oh, Someone shit. out there, okay. if you want to confirm, right. I don't know what was Derek Rose. Derek Rose like forty four. Derek Rose. Why are we talking about Derek Rose? I'm just kind of like, <laughs> what? I, I remember Derek Rose as. Uh, okay, all right. Yeah, I think Stefan Diggs is a very strong. Maybe not forty. That's a really high. It's pretty high. Uh, we'll go with thirty five. I'll look it up. But <laughs> three feet is still pretty impressive. But anyway, I watch yes. the combine. I don't watch these guys box jump, <laughs> but I watch them run routes. And Diggs is one of the best, if not arguably the best. So. I just don't like the situation he's in. Another run-heavy team, but when Buffalo throws the ball, they throw it deep. So I, we saw some huge games out of John Brown last year. Stephon Diggs is certainly better than John Brown. Um, I think that – I don't know. I mean, he's Diggs, I'll take in best ball. I do not want to ride that roller coaster in season long of the day that Diggs goes for 25, and the next week Diggs goes for three or four points because they were up. 14 points early and that's it they're going to run the ball the rest of the day that's what mcdermott's going to do so i don't know that's such a headache because Diggs is such a special player and we're probably not going to see it you know Mm -hmm. come to fruition right now and we never really saw it come to fruition in minnesota because most games he'd be bitching about not getting the ball enough then he'd go off and then we wouldn't see him anymore because they don't need him in minnesota they just need to run the ball that's what they Mm do and they play defense Buffalo's take- pretty similar. They're going to run the ball, and they could play defense. So and they're in a terrible, terrible division right now. So no more Brady. Like, who are they really going to be chasing points from in that division and in their schedule? I, I don't see it. I don't like Diggs in fantasy, but I love him as a player. I think he, uh, yeah, he, he was kind of annoying last year when he cried so much. It gets to the point where I traded him away on my fantasy team, and that was a mistake. Get him out. <laughs> Can't have it. Yeah, right. That's how I couldn't handle it anymore. So it was a mistake because then he went off like three or four games in a row and probably would have won me a couple of them. But that is what it is. Um, you brought him up before for a second. Devo Samuel is the 25th wide receiver coming off the board. And I just want to double check because I think he's the first guy coming out of, yes, he's the first guy coming out of San Francisco and that weird and wacky offense that they run there. Are you touching any San Francisco wide receivers, especially one, you know, potentially in the sixth, late sixth, early, late fifth, early sixth round? I would take Debo. I would for sure take Debo in, in PPR. I like him. He's similar. You know, he's more athletic than Robert Woods. He's, he's stronger. He breaks a ton of tackles. And they use him in multiple different ways. So, yeah, I'm very cool with Debo Samuel. Besides, you know, we'll see what comes of Brandon Ayuk, but I think Debo Samuel is the only game in town on the receiving core. But, again, that is a team that is going to run, run, run the ball. Mm-hmm. 
when they do pass it, you know, obviously they got Kittle there, but Kittle's such a strong blocker, you know, I don't know. But but Debo had really good games, really solid floors for PPR towards the end of the year when his role was really established. So I, I'm I'm all for Debo, yeah. But I don't like the price because he skyrocketed up draft boards. Like, why is he going above DJ Chark? I don't I know. I also don't understand that either. Right? Uh, like DJ Chark. Chase points from the get-go every single game like give me dj chark a little bit later instead of a a very hit and miss debo samuel with a solid floor you know maybe his floor is around seven points similar to a robert woods but i'd rather have the upside of chark and the floor of chark because chark's gonna get so many targets and just give me chark it's crazy to me man jacksonville 2017 should have went to the super bowl and here we are now they're again just one of the worst teams in the league it's just it's so sad how that stuff happens we got dj chark terry mclaurin T.Y. Hilton, Tyler Boyd, all coming off. Uh, we'll take out Tyler Boyd there. DJ Chuck, Terry McLaurin, T.Y. Hilton, all coming off the board at 66. Uh, so people are very consensus on those three guys that they're sh- they should go somewhere around there. How do you feel about them? Obviously, we just talked about DJ Chark a little bit. How do you feel about Scary Terry and, and T.Y. Hilton now with uh, Philip Rivers shot putting him the ball? Love them both. Absolutely love them both. I love the value from both. I thought Terry McLaurin would go way up, a lot higher than he did. I think he'd be in front of... I had him ranked above Devontae Parker, who I also love, but Preston Williams is coming back. We'll, we'll see. I think Preston Williams is the X receiver in that, um, you know, most of Miami's formation. So that obviously hurts Devonta Parker a little bit when Preston Williams is back, assuming he's back. So, yeah, I would have Terry McLaurin and TJ Chark above Devontae Parker and I think Stephon Diggs. And I think I have them both in front of Ridley, too. I know so many people are on Calvin Ridley, but I'm, again, I'm, I'm so diehard Julio, I'm not going to put. Kelvin really that much higher than mm-hmm. or that close to Julio Jones. Let's, so let's put it that way. But I'm just for McLaurin. It's like, what do you get out of Haskins? He mm-hmm. did not look good last year. Didn't look terrible. Like he doesn't throw the ball away. He, he can protect the ball a little bit of a game manager. They have their college history, but McLaurin was so much better when uh, Case, Case Keenum. Keenum. Cole, yes. Cole, Case I think Keenum, the other Maybe yeah. did Johnson play a game last year or no? Like they had uh, a lot of quarterbacks. Maybe it's a year before two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Former XFL great. Um, Won a lot of money with Giants. Great. Yeah. That dude, former everywhere. But I don't know. I I think T.Y. Hilton, this is the best price we're ever going to get on him in fantasy football before he starts to get too old. But T.Y. Hilton always misses, you know, four or five games. So he's kind of a headache in your rosters. But I love. I love him with Philip Rivers this year. I do. I don't think that I don't think Frank Wright is as run heavy as the public says he is. They pass the ball a ton. Obviously, when he had Andrew Luck, that was the the way that they were going to move the ball. So that made a lot of sense. But he did it in Philly too with both Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. So mm-hmm. Philip Rivers is better than Nick Foles. So yeah, I think T. Y. Hilton should have a very strong year for especially for an ADP of right around pick seventy. And wide receiver 26. Yeah, I would take T.Y. Hilton over Stefan Diggs, Devonta Parker, Calvin Ridley as well. Because, you know, T.Y. Hilton was a, a top 12 wide receiver pick last year. Like, why are people so down on him? They, uh, you know, even when Andrew Luck was gone, T.Y. Hilton was still being picked pretty high. Mm-hmm. Like, once you knew he retired and you knew Jacoby Brissett was going to be the quarterback, people were still on T.Y. Hilton. Now you get Phillip Rivers, who chucks the ball and can throw an accurate deep ball. Now you don't want him. I, I don't get mm-hmm. it. It is very confusing, and and I guess yeah. When when I did give you that uh, screenshot from a couple months ago, he's already dropped down 
for wide receiver 28 around pick 66. Yeah. So I don't know. Sounds like the picks are going up, but other people are hopping up in front of him, which is pretty interesting to see kind of how that, uh, that is happening. And then, so we have 29 and 30. Uh, so again, as we did in the beginning, a little more of a light situation, but we have Tyler Boyd going 29th, um, the 29th wide receiver off the board, AJ green, the 30th, both at pick 77, essentially. <laughs> uh, again, very weird, very wacky. I mean, it's in the, what it's planet? the Tampa Bay situation. It's yeah. the poor man's version of Tampa Bay. Which very, one? very <laughs> poor man's situation. I have no idea what's going on with AJ Green. Do you? I I mean, how do you really like do you like did we forget how friggin' incredible AJ Green was, though? You know what I'm I mean? Like, yeah, I like I, I he just didn't play last year. Now I'm I just my mind thinks he wants right. to do with football, but Maybe he just wanted a quarterback, but Dalton fed him the ball like crazy. So he kind of made AJ Green such a household name because he gave him 10 to 15 targets a game some week. So, like, I don't know. AJ Green's pretty old, isn't he? Like 32, 30. Yeah, I think he's like 31, 32. Okay, yeah, so he's getting old, but he's still blend. Yeah. I mean, he had a year off. So if that foot's fine, I, I mean, AJ Green could be the absolute steal of fantasy drafts right, right? now. Like, and I'm guilty of passing on him. Every single time I pass on because I'd rather have Boyd, but I also don't really necessarily want to invest in this offense outside of Joe Mixon because I don't think they're going to lean on Joe Burrow that much to be like, all right, we, you know, and um, who the hell's our coach? Uh, he that dude loves oh, basketball. He's yeah. a big guy. I, Zach I love something or other, right? Yeah, Zach Taylor. There you go. Taylor. Dude loves passing the ball. He is McVay Jr. Always tries to get key with it. He just doesn't have the personnel for it yet, but they're starting to, you know, really build that with T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd, AJ Green, Joe Mixon, but John they're Ross. missing. Yeah, John yeah, Ross. John too. Ross. Yeah, good. Yeah, good gadget. You can player. run straight. <laughs> sure. Yeah, like the the defense has to respect it when John Ross is out there, but they don't have the offensive line one to let John Ross get deep that often. So the, the day that this team gets an offensive line, I think they're going to be very fun to watch, especially if Joe Mixon is still a part of it when this day comes. But. I mean, if you want to take a shot, if you have a good wide receiver one, because there's still plenty of names that we're about to get to that could be your wide receiver two, and you want to take a shot on AJ Green, he could certainly be a league winner for you at pick. What did you say, eighty? Uh, seventy-seven. He's going 70, average. Yeah, 77. I mean, seven. Dude, he was a top eight wide receiver, top six maybe last year, mm-hmm. going into the draft and the year before that, and and the year before that. Like he is so consistent, so good. He's kind of like DeAndre Hopkins when he's around the sideline, always finds a way to get the two feet in, could go high point the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got super long arms, very good hands. Yeah, I'm guilty of exactly what you said. I forgot about A.J. Green because I just don't know how interested he is in playing football or if it was just like his foot was that bad. He just he couldn't risk it because that team had nothing to play for last year. So, like, from a player's perspective, I mm-hmm. get it. Like, if, if you're, you're not going to go risk – what's left of your short career in the NFL. And, you know, he's obviously getting old, so he doesn't have a whole lot left. Like, you're not going to risk that on that team last year. No way at all. And he probably knew Joe Burrow was going to be there because you saw when they were 0-14 or whatever the hell they started. You're probably getting the first pick in the NFL draft, and you know that's a quarterback. So maybe that was his reasoning. He's not going to go risk it for nothing. But it's a very hard decision right there because I think he could be a league winner if he's a hundred percent healthy and they find a way to move the ball on offense outside of Joe Mixon. And I think especially, especially at that pick. So you're getting him at pick 80. So let's say he is just for, just for some argument's sake, he's your eighth or ninth player off the board. You're already pretty deep into your bench at that point. And maybe not super deep into your bench, but you're into your bench at that point. If you could talk to me and say, you know, AJ green is, 
you know, wide receiver three, potentially wide receiver four, depending on the way the draft falls. I mean, that is hard to pass up, right? Like it's one of those, like, yeah, maybe, maybe he does kind of, you know, flame out really doesn't do too much. 700 yards, you know, 40 catches, whatever. I don't, I don't know, but like, it just feels like he's going super, super late. And I think just everybody forgot. And I think he's better yeah. than Tyler Boyd. If, if he doesn't do John it, Ross like sucks. Said, yeah. I, yeah. I want nothing to do with John Ross. Like he's just a, he's good for a team. You want nothing to do with him at fantasy. Yeah. Fantasy. But yeah I, if, if he, if you do get two or three wide receivers prior to AJ green, like you said, if he doesn't do much, it is not going to cost you your season at all because you're not building around mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, second round pick. I'm getting AJ Green, who's probably going in the third or fourth. It's not that type of analysis. Like you're not reaching on AJ Green by any means. So I'm with it. Like if if you were to give me a guy going a little bit later, Marquise Hollywood Brown, I think I would still take Hollywood Brown over AJ Green in season long and best ball. Absolutely best ball. Hollywood Brown is a best ball goddess because you don't have to in best ball. You don't have to deal with the weeks that he gets you mm-hmm. two points, but you get to um profit off the week said he scores at 25 30 so in best ball i'd for sure go hollywood brown i think in season long it's more of a decision i'm leaning brown but you're kind of you know that, that was a great way to put it we definitely forgot about aj green i'm guilty of it too and i look at this shit every single night you definitely look at it a little bit more than i do i'll give you that um yeah. and hey maybe forest through the trees kind of stuff forest through the trees so that that is our top 30 wide receivers and there are so many left no there are so many left do you want anything to do with michael gallup just real quick oh no we're not done we're not done i hope you at least have 15 minutes because there's there's too many guys but i'm just saying we we walked right over gallup unless again i'm looking at an old sheet which very so yeah you are looking at an old sheet gallup has fallen to 31 uh uh, but i mean with michael gallup yes i mean now with cd lamb as you were saying with amari cooper do i think cd lamb's going to take all those targets maybe more from Gallup than from Cooper, but I don't think it's going to be that much. But how many balls did Michael Gallup drop last year? You and I figured it out when we were uh, figuring out the 80 model. Yeah, it was was, was, 14 balls. It was like an insane number. How do you drop 14 balls and still have a job, dude? That's insane. He's a stud though. He is a stud. If if he can figure out the hands, I I think that CD lamb is going to sit on the bench a little bit because you can't really take Gallup out the production. He has, he, he knows how to get open and he's super fast. He, and he's very good at, you know, his vision on the field of how to, you know, like he could take the ball to the rack at any time. Mm-hmm. So I do like Michael Gallup. I think he's a freak athlete. I just, I don't know. I don't want a wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver two and a half. If you want to yeah. assume that they drafted CD lamb in the first round because they're going to use him, Right. So I don't know. Like he's, that's, that's a tough spot. There's plenty of wide receiver ones later on down this list that I'd rather have over Michael Gallup. But if Michael Gallup's a good best ball target, sure. But the price at 31, wide receiver 31, pick 78, right around pick 80, not for me. It is It is definitely, um, I don't know, man. It's just very weird to me. Uh, yeah, just those 14 drop passes. I mean, you cut that in half. Uh, you give him an extra it's seven catches. It's still a lot, but that's those statistics look a lot nicer. If you give him an extra seven catches, that's like more than a game. It's more than a game's worth of catches for most people. I mean, so he, he dropped a lot last year. So yeah, let's, um, there's a lot of guys left. Uh, we definitely will not be able to get through all of them, but what what do you want to do? Let's, let's, let's figure this out live. Do we want to do another one where we go over the next 30? Because I think there's another hour's worth of content in there. Honestly, um, I don't want to do this. What if we just go like every five, we could talk about the next five and which one we'd have the most. 
All right, deal. Deal. I like that. That's good. Some that's good stuff. So Michael Gallup, um, Jarvis Landry, Marquise Hollywood Brown, Will Fuller, Julian Edelman. That's our next side. That's 31 through 35 coming off the board. That is ADP 78 through about 95 with Edelman and Fuller. Who are you looking at? I mean, this is a pretty big swing. This is about two rounds uh, of wide receivers, only about five people coming off the board. Who are you looking at? And I'm taking Will Fuller out because that's ridiculous, right? <laughs> no, I would take Fuller, I think. Actually, it's similar to the AJ Green thing. Yeah, I, I don't think that you're well, not like, drafting Will Fuller. AJ Green got hurt. Yeah, he's been AJ Green's been hurt before, but Will Fuller has never not been hurt. Sure. No, I and it's always tissue injuries that always are gonna arise, most likely. So I get it, but let's say for best ball. For best ball, I'm for sure out of these okay. five taking Hollywood Brown and Will Fuller because those guys can break the slate on multiple weeks. If I if it's season long. I still think you got to give Edelman some love. I don't like the price, but he fell a ton. Sidham's going to use him, so I, I think Julian Edelman is more than fine for your, you know, your flex, your wide receiver, wide receiver three, wide receiver four mm-hmm. in PPR, and Jarvis Landry. Same thing, dude is so solid, catches everything, great route runner. But like I said about Odell, there's just so many mouths to feed in that offense, and it's going to be run heavy with Stefanski. So I. I I think I'm going to go Hollywood Brown is my favorite, but Will Fuller's a close second because I don't know at this price, you know, there's wide receiver twos that we listed above Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup that are going in front of Will Fuller. Who's definitely the most talented tight end or wide receiver Mm -hmm. in Houston. Maybe at this price, if he's not your wide receiver two, hopefully he's not. If he's your wide receiver three, you can afford the injury that is probably going to happen and just pray it doesn't happen. And you could Mm -hmm. have a huge season. But how cool would it be if he actually was healthy once for an entire year? That would be, awesome. I know, uh, those numbers would be insane, dude. That would be so cool. But I don't think we're ever going to see it in our lifetimes, unfortunately. So uh, wide receivers uh, coming off the uh, wide receivers, 36 through 40. This ADP range is about 97 to it looks like 104. So it's a little bit, a lot more condensed there. We have Deontay yeah. Johnson, Jerry Judy, Christian Kirk, CD lamb, Brandon cooks, who are you liking out of these five and, I mean, which one of the rookies uh, do you like a little bit more, I guess? Um, Deontay Johnson. Holy shoot up. That is insane. I love it. He was one of my favorite DFS plays towards the end of last year. I think the day that I wrote him up, he was 1% owned. And that was my, uh, I think that was my biggest DFS one of 2019 last year was the week. I think he maybe against the Jets. I don't know, but Jets secondary was awful anyway. So that probably seems like the day I would pick on him. I love Deontay Johnson. He's got a soft spot in my heart because of that week. So, you know, help me pay for this wedding coming up. So thank you, Deontay. I'm going to go with Deontay because he is a stud route runner as well. Big Ben is way better than anybody that he's had passing the ball. A little concerning that he's this high in the ADP um, because, you know, I don't. Uh, James Washington's terrible, but he's still on the team. <laughs> I just hope Deontay Johnson is locked in wide receiver two, going to play on the outside very often and go the inside. I hope so. If they can use him around to kind of offset Juju's pressure because Juju's going to have a ton of, you know, coverage keyed on him a lot. I think Deontay Johnson is the benefactor kind of like we, what I said with Antonio Brown, when Juju started going off, maybe Juju is the respected receiver that draws a ton of coverage. Deontay should go off and he's plenty capable of doing it. And, He's such a workhorse. I love him. I love to see the future for this guy. And what rookie I like the most, it's got to be CeeDee Lamb because Dak Prescott. 
Um, obviously, we talked about Caleb and Amari Cooper and Zeke's there. So a lot going on in Dallas, mm-hmm. but give me a much better quarterback in Dak Prescott. We haven't seen what Drew Locke is yet, but very interested to see how Jerry Judy fits into this offense and what he takes away from Cortland Sutton. But CeeDee Lamb is my uh, rookie out of these guys. How about you? Uh, out of the rookies, I think Jerry Judy is better, but I agree with you. I think, um, I mean, I'm, we are all, the Wind Daily team is very, very high on Drew Locke. I don't think we have, uh, we've had any questions about it at this point, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know, especially with it just being a weird off season. We'll see kind of how everything goes. I do think Jerry Judy is a overall better wide receiver, but it's interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. So maybe, maybe long-term, you know, season long or a, a keeper, maybe dynasty. I'd, ha- I'd hang out with Jerry Judy here, but, um, Definitely, I mean, honestly, you can go both ways. Both those dudes are incredible. I also hate Dallas, so maybe that's why, too. Um, <laughs> 41 through 45, we have Darius Slayton going 109 overall. Marvin Jones, 112. Talked about him a little bit. Jamison Crowder, 114. John Brown of Buffalo, 117. Emmanuel Sanders going 120 overall. Who do you like out of these five guys? Um, talk to me a little bit, Nick. We're starting uh, to get humble, pretty deep now, which is Yeah, no. Humble brag. I did call the Darius Slayton breakout game last year. I think it was Detroit. And uh, anybody that watched the live stream that day, I think people laughed at me, including Javi. I don't think many people even knew who he was, but maybe, maybe I think it was uh, the Troy game. I don't know. Whatever game he scored twice, I had him in almost all my lineups. Another huge week. Slayton, I love you, buddy. Super talented dude. I wanted to get your take on him. Does he jump into wide receiver two? No questions asked about it. And it's just him and Golden Tate or, or what's going on there? No, I think I think it's still going to be. I, I'm I'm interested to see it as well. I think with Saquon healthy, I actually think all those wide receivers, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton, oh, all kind Shepherd, of take a little bit of a guy, step yeah. back. Um, I think Sterling Shepard, if Evan Ingram ever, you know, like Will Fuller, if he ever wants to be healthy, he could be the best wide receiver on that entire team. But he never yeah. wants to be healthy. I guess he runs so, like a four four, doesn't he, Evan Ingram? I, he is such a freak. It is so much fun to watch him when he's healthy for those four games, and then it's just like, oh, his hamstring. Oh, again. Yeah, all right. We'll see you next year, buddy. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I know the Giants. They picked up his fifth year option, so they got him at least for two more years. But I don't know, man. I think I'm I'm kind of down on all of them. I think Darius Slayton was really good in a couple games last year. Specifically, sure. um, he went up against the Eagles towards the end of the year uh, in the fantasy playoffs for most people yep. and actually burnt a lot of people in just the first half. I think he had 150 receiving yards in the first half and zero in the second half against, can't remember who he was going up against because I think Darby was already hurt by then, but I don't remember who he was going up against. But he Yeah, Darby, Darby was out that game. Yeah. That's the guy I always love to pick on. And uh, so he he absolutely torched whoever he was against. It was Maddox or maybe Sidney Jones. I don't remember. Oh, Monte Maddox. Yep, that sounds about right. Him. But it was – but then, of course, the Giants lose the game. But I think with Saquon coming back, a lot more focus is going to be on him. Uh, Joe Judge is a, is a lunch pail, hard hat kind of guy, uh, which is why, <laughs> um, you know, the Giants were really all about him. So I think he's going to run the ball a lot. I think Daniel Jones is going to spread the ball around a little bit. I don't think Sterling – or I, I don't think um, – Golden Tate is long for the team, honestly. I really don't even know why he's there at all. So that's an interesting one. But I don't know, man. I'm kind of off the Giants wide receivers. I think I got Sterling Shepard pretty late in our best ball draft, but I think I got him like very, very late. So So are you saying that there are too many mouths to feed in New York? The Giants of all teams? (laughs) No, I'm absolutely not saying that. I'm saying there's one mouth to feed, and they're going to try and stuff as much food down that guy's throat as possible in Saquon Barkley. Let's Um, hope so, man. I think that's very far from too many mouths to feed. I don't think Golden Tate's very good. Ingram's a stud. Golden Tate is certainly viable. Sterling Shepard, hell of a wide receiver, too. Like There are good fancy players on this team. 
Yeah, maybe, but no, there's Saquon and that's about it. And I think yeah. that's, that's what we have to worry about. Uh, but yeah, man, I don't know. I'm not, I think Darius Slayton's best ball, as you said, you know, before, I think he's going to go off in some games, 150 yards, two touchdowns, eight catches or whatever. I think that's going to be um, more the uh, the anomaly than the, the, the exception than their rule itself. Sure. Next up, I think Marvin Jones, best ball only. I will never ride that headache in season long unless, you know, if you, if you can get him as, you know, this, now he's not even really going as a headache wide receiver because it's not like a guy you just throw on your bench. It's like, all right, if I have to start him due to bye weeks or injury, you may get lucky and get one of those two or three touchdown games. I want nothing to do with Marvin Jones in a standard league or PPR or anything like that. Best ball, absolutely. Crowder, though. I'm cool with Crowder in PPR only. For sure, I think, you know, he's probably their best wide receiver. I think oh, without a doubt, obviously, the fantasy community agrees. But not much big playability with Jameson Crowder, but a floor of seven, eight points mm-hmm. in PPR. I like Darnold. I think he's a good quarterback. I just that I don't know with Gase, that team's pretty bad. But I'm cool. You know, Crowder's pretty much the only game in town there, too. So mm-hmm. that's not a bad spot. Like, there's so many guys above that we're very – questionable on like what did we actually expect the output to be for a lot of these guys Crowder's going to have like an 18 to 22 percent target market share and you're not getting that with any single player from here on down and pretty much from any single player from here to 12 wide receiver picks up so Crowder's a really good value that no one really likes just because it's Jameson Crowder not a sexy dude you know Mm -hmm. I'm not like saying he's bad looking I don't know if I've ever actually seen like his headshot but in fantasy, not a sexy player because he doesn't have big playability. He doesn't really break tackles. He just, I'm going to use your phrase about Joe Judge or whoever you're talking about. You're talking about Joe Judge, right? Mm-hmm. Hard hat lunch bell. Crowder's going to work. He's going to get open. He's going to catch everything that's thrown within a vicinity of him. He's a little guy, but love him for PPR, especially at wide receiver 43, a pick 114. Yeah, I am fine. If you're in a three wide receiver league, if that dude's your, your floor guy and you get upside mm-hmm. You know, do like Julio and I don't know, Will Fuller, Hollywood Brown, T.Y. Hilton as your wide receiver two, and then Jameson Crowder's your wide receiver three or flex play. Let's go. Love that. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. And now here's an interesting group of wide receivers. Uh Henry Ruggs, 46, burner. McCall Hardman, 47, burner. Mike Williams, 48. I guess he can run fast, but he can't catch anything. Uh Sterling Shepard, 49, Justin Jefferson, 50. Uh, so that's from about 120 to 140 in terms of ad- average draft position. I just got to ask, which one of those burners are you going with at this point? Hardman. Give me any any part of Patrick Mahomes that I can get for cheap, and Hardman is exactly that. I'm a firm believer in him. Drafted him last year. Absolutely love his tape out of Georgia. If you haven't seen his highlights, oh, really cool. This He's dude, incredible. he runs routes like Diggs. He reminds me of Stephon Diggs, and he can go the inside too. So, yeah, absolutely freak athlete, and I think they started to realize that towards the end of the last year. Um, that touchdown, I think it was in Tennessee, where he literally just came open out of nowhere and or behind the linebacker mm-hmm. in front of the safety, and then they all collapsed on him. He's just gone. Like it, it's such amazing. a special player to watch. And if Tyreek Hill ever misses time, that's a huge role for Hardman. And I hope that Sammy Watkins' playing time starts to slow down a bit too, and we get more Hardman. So I think Dynasty one hundred percent. If you have Hardman, hold on to him. If you can trade for him for cheap, go get him. And in season long, go get him. You get a great price right here at pick 123, best ball. Go get him. Henry Ruggs, I'm having a hard time deciding on my thoughts on him because I think that offense is going to go through Josh Jacobs and Waller. And, you know, you can use a little bit of Tyrell Williams too. And I I think for Henry Ruggs, I kind of want to see 
what that offense becomes because I don't I'm not confident that Derek Carr is the starter of that team. I think we see Mariota play too. So I think for me, my interest in rugs is going to be certain weeks of DFS when I figure this team out, when it's not just Jacobs and Waller. So mm-hmm. but I know Hartman's going to be on the field a lot more this year and you know what Mahomes does. So take the free square here at McCole Hardman as probably your wide receiver three and a half or your wide receiver four in your draft. So yeah, he yeah. could be a league winner for you. Just like we talked about with, uh, you know, the upside of Avery green, the upside of Hardman could be way better than that because the offense is ready to go right now. So mm-hmm. give me Hardman all day. Yeah, I mean, if 47 or 46, wide receivers are coming off the board before him. You're already at pick 123. We're, we're, we're getting pretty deep. I mean, the 10, 10 team draft, you're already at pick 12, give or take. So it's starting to get pretty deep here. I hate Mike Williams. Um, yeah, I think he had a crazy stat where he had like the most consecutive games with a 40 yard reception, I think, but that's essentially it. He'll, he'll have, like, should have been Jameis, man. Jameis should have went there and just Mike Williams, go get this buddy. I would have had, I would have, I would have enjoyed that one, but um, but let's actually, all right. So the next, next group of five, uh, Brashad Perriman, Anthony Miller, Robbie Anderson, uh, Sammy Watkins, Preston Williams. I don't think there's too much to talk about here, honestly. As we said, I would take. I'm I'm cool with Miller. I think Miller's going to be a very solid PPR player this year. I think he's a for a little guy. He is finds a way to get open in the red zone. He runs some pretty special routes. I I do appreciate that part of Nagy, and um, I think DeFilippo is their quarterback coach. Like they do scheme up some some pretty interesting pass plays. So. I'm cool with taking a shot on Anthony Miller. I'd rather have him over Justin Jefferson right now because I don't see two wide receivers having a big year in Minnesota. I don't even see Thielen having a big year in Minnesota, but maybe I'm wrong there. Perriman, that's the other guy in New York. There you go, yeah. New York Jets. But hey, I don't want nothing to do with Perriman. Out of these guys, uh, it's going to be Anthony Miller for me, and I'll roll the dice on Preston Williams because that dude is special too when he's on the field. When and if, man, we can cross our fingers. Uh, getting down to it, 56, Golden Tate, 57, Hunter Renfro, 58, Jalen Rager, 59, Curtis Samuels, 60, Deshaun Jackson. So we finally, I think we had Alshon Jeffrey go way, way, way too high in this. And now we're seeing, or no, Alshon Jeffrey, I take that back. He's uh, still coming. I, yeah, no, I completely, completely spaced on that one. So we're finally seeing, there we go, uh, Philly wide receivers come off Jalen Rager, their first round pick, and then Deshaun Jackson, who... Hey, man, I love him or hate him. He makes me laugh. Uh, I, I hate Philadelphia, but I loved him when he was on Tampa Bay. He was hysterical. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about these two Philly wide receivers? And, and are you really looking at anybody in that wide receiving core outside of Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard? Yeah, I'll take the roll the dice on Jalen Rager for sure. Um, I still I've, I think I'm going to roll the dice on Alshon Jeffrey, but he's pretty much Will Fuller. But it seems like it's always Alshon Jeffrey's ankle or something mm, that bothers him. Yeah. Um, but I definitely want to get some piece of this Philly offense because they are a high scoring team. They don't play slow, so that's great. They're always going to have a, a lot of plays and a big time of possession. Their defense, I don't think, is anything special, so they're going to give up points. They're going to be in some shootouts. Definitely get a piece of Philly, so I, I'm cool with rolling the dice on Rager. I liked his his, uh, his tape from college. He looks like a good route runner, too. That's pretty much like the only thing I want to see when a guy's transitioning to the NFL. I think you could teach catching. Obviously, guys with special hands have special hands, but Rager is a, a very solid route runner, in my opinion. He, he checks that box for me, so I think he'll come in. And, you know, it's all about camp, though, too. We didn't really mention this with the rookies. If hopefully all this stuff goes away and these guys can have a full camp and build rapport, because if not, you may not see Rager playing a you know significant role in that offense for three to six weeks. But 
if he gets a full camp, I, I think that's someone I want to take a shot on because they obviously like him a lot, and that offense is fun to watch. Wentz is a great quarterback. So I, I think out of these guys, I want nothing to do with Hunter Renfro. I don't think I want anything to do with Golden Tate. I don't want anything to do with anything outside of Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. I don't want Curtis Samuel. I don't want Robbie Anderson. I definitely don't want DJ Moore at wide receiver 10 or whatever the hell he is. But mm. I guess if I had to pick a Carolina one, I'd go with Curtis Samuel just because I think he's more versatile where he where he can uh, line up in the field. And Teddy Bridgewater's lack of route tree, you know, if you want to call it a route tree as a quarterback, but you get what I'm saying there. So, yeah, give me Rager. Again, another long answer along, but I uh, I like talking about this stuff. Yeah, and I like talking about you. Rager? Is it Rager for you? Yeah, I think think you have to go Rager. I think – I can't remember the statistic. I can't remember if you told me or another another one of my buddies, but, like, the amount of catchable balls he got last year was – it was just absurdly low. And like he's like, I can't remember what the percentage was. And I don't, I don't want to say it because I feel like I'm going to just overshoot it significantly, but it was like less than 40% of balls or less than 50% of balls that came in his direction were actually catchable. And he still put up the numbers. He did. He's fast as hell. He can do things. You know, I'm, I hate Philly, but man, I think, you know, he could, he could be something special. And I think he can be very, very good. Everyone thought they were going to take Justin Jefferson. He plays the slot a little bit more. They don't really need a slot receiver. They kind of wanted some guy on the outside, which that's could be could be Rager fast as hell, dude. So we'll see, man. I don't know. I would have to go him over, you know, Deshaun Jackson at this point. He's he's too old, and Alshon Jeffrey. No, I'm I'm good. Yeah, here. like like where's the upside of these five picks? It, Golden State, no upside. No. Hunter Retro, absolutely no upside. Rager, probably yes. a lot of upside. We don't really know what the floor is. None of these guys have a floor, really. Mm-hmm. I guess Golden State somewhat does, but. Curtis Samuel, now Deshaun Jackson, he'll be cool for best ball for two games, and he's out because he's missed a time like crazy mm-hmm. too. But yeah, out of those guys, I think Rager's the no-brainer there towards yeah. pick 170 right yeah, now. 170. So we're just stuffing your bench with guys that we think hopefully can find a way to your starting roster someday. And if they do, it's because they're doing something very well. And this is the point of the year where you probably have a guy or two injured, and you, hopefully you're looking at the playoffs in your season-long leagues. And if Jalen Rager's on a winning team like Philly – who needs to beat Dallas mm-hmm. and to, you know, obviously they can go to the playoffs without beating Dallas, but I just see Philly scoring a ton of points and always being competitive all season long. So that's where I want to invest in this uh, group of guys here. Yeah. Philly usually starts off really well. They'll have this mid season lull. It feels like where um, you're not out here in, in the, the Philadelphia area, but man, listening to Philly talk radio, sports talk radio in the middle of the season, when they are just saying the most absurd shit, these people, these callers are insane. It's amazing. So you listen to that for a couple of weeks and then they get good again, but they're still complaining about Carson Wentz and how Nick Foles was the greatest thing that ever, that ever graced Philadelphia. So I can't wait till they uh, complain about Carson Wentz, man. I would, uh, that's, that's it. That's actually all they do is complain about Carson Wentz. And it makes me laugh. I think the dude's incredible, but you know, man, he took himself out of that game. He couldn't see, he couldn't think, but he took himself out of that game. And that's not a true Philly fit. That's not a true Philly. Uh, yeah. there. Go that out there. Not Philadelphia. Again, and we never get to use you again. That's what Philly wants. Okay. Yeah. No, stop, don't bring logic into this, Nick. Stop it. Don't be smart <laughs> about it. Um, but uh, I do want to go one more, uh, one more five deep, uh, one more tier deep, whatever the hell we're calling it at this point, just because I know there's a couple guys in here that you're actually, or at least one guy I know you're really happy about. We have Michael Pittman, 61. Uh, wide receiver 61st wide receiver coming off the board at 188. Can O'Neill or uh, Can O'Neill, what Nikhil? Hair. What the hell was that? I don't I'm starting to lose it, man. I'm starting to get kind of late here on the east coast. 
Nikhil Harry, one ninety five overall. Alan Lazard, we talked a little bit about him, one ninety six overall. Larry Fitz, two hundred overall. T Higgins, two hundred overall. How the hell is Larry Fitzgerald still going two hundred overall? That makes no sense, right? Like that's insane. Yeah, I mean, but I think DeAndre Hopkins takes a lot of work away from him because Hopkins is going to go with the slot too. Um, Fitzgerald still absolute stud catches everything, but there's nothing really sexy about him. He's kind of like Jamison Crowder right now, I guess was how I look at it from a fantasy aspect, except Crowder has a lot more clear path to target shares. So I don't know. I, I don't want anything to do with really any of these guys. Nikhil Harry, I, he's a wide receiver one. Let's put it, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know if you want a, a one B because Edelman's really only yeah. slot, but Nikhil Harry could be a very, very interesting pick here. Wide receiver 62, pick 195. You know, it, it all depends on what you think the Patriots offense is going to do with Stidham. But I think Nikhil Harry gets a lot of red zone targets this year. And I think Michael Pittman is my upside guy right now because I, I do like the Colts a ton this year. I have him going to the Super Bowl. Um, that's... It's more for the odds of that. Obviously, I think they were like seven to one or something like that. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. It was a while ago, so I don't have them winning the Super Bowl. But that defense is special. I like Philip Rivers as a game manager for them. But if they need to get in a shootout, he's more than happy with chucking the ball. I really want to see what happens with Pittman. I don't know if he's just going to jump into the wide receiver two role in Indy. I just I don't know if. But I but I do like that about Philip Rivers. He trusted Mike Williams right away when he was a rookie. Mm-hmm. So. I I don't think he's going to, you know, it's not like the Tom Brady factor where a rookie comes in. He's like, yeah, you're not getting the ball anytime soon until you know the playbook and every single one of my audibles by heart. And you can recite it back to me because I'm sure that's what Tom Brady makes these guys do. I think Phillip Rivers is a little more chill with that. He obviously hates referees. That's always funny to watch. But I think Pittman, big dude, like 6'4", 6'3", you know, it's not going to be T.Y. Hilton giving every single deep ball because Philip Rivers needs that bigger body because he's not super accurate, but he throws it in a window where he lets an athlete go get it like Mike Williams last year and the year before that. I think Pittman could be that guy. And I think Nikhil Harry, the upside is there because if, if both of these guys dud out, it doesn't cost you anything. Just mm-hmm. cut them. You know? yeah. That's, that's kind of how I look at it. I don't see much sex appeal there with Alan Lazard. I, I like him a little bit. Like he's going to get work if he is the wide receiver too. That's a good spot in Green Bay. I just think it's going to go so much more to Devontae Adams because Rodgers is fed up with it. They obviously don't want you know him in their future much longer. He's old. He doesn't have much of a future, sure, but still think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So I like Lazard a little bit, but I think the upset again. We're just going for upside here at mm-hmm. picks wide receiver sixty and on because you know we're almost towards the end of the draft. Most of these guys aren't going to get drafted anyway, but. Pittman and Nikhil Harry are by far the most appealing guys uh, out of these five that I like. How about you? Yeah, I think Pittman overall, and you make the great point about Nikhil Harry. I mean, he never really got on the field too much last year. He was hurt most of the time. So maybe, as you said, Tom Brady's rigorous, uh, you know, box checking that you have to do to be even allowed on the field. I don't think Stidham's going to quite have that uh, same same uh, level of expectations, I think. So th- there's a, absolutely an opportunity. Again, we're, we're talking about wide receiver 60 at this point in the 10 team draft. If we average it out, everyone should have about six wide receivers on your team right now. Hopefully you got three of those guys that we, we kind of like a little bit more, but then there's a, there's a bunch of dudes that I think you're going to be filling in. As you said, they're get, they're very easily. You can cut these guys if it, nothing happens, but I think Michael Pittman, again, just who he is, what he does and how he does it. I think with Philip rivers is going to be a lot of fun and, you know, kind of, opposite um, T.Y. Hilton. Can you name me another wide receiver on the Colts off the top of your head? 
Yeah, me sure. neither. Exactly. Uh, That's what I mean. Like me neither. Like that. I'm pretty sure it's really, there's not too much going on there. So I think Michael Pittman pretty much just comes in as a number two, unless we're just completely, completely not thinking of somebody, but I don't um, know. Man. Well, they, got, they got Paris Campbell. Uh, yeah, he's still okay. there. I'll say guy. He, he's still and, uh, there. He's like Curtis Samuel though. He, they're both there. They're both fast, but they can't really do too yeah, much with Gale, it. He's gone, right? There, Pascal went elsewhere. I don't know. I, okay, I, I put Michael Pittman ahead of Zach Pascal at that point too. But no, man, yeah. I mean, this, I think this is a lot of fun. I'm very grateful we get to do this. We went about 65 ish deep, give or take kind of fast on those last 20, 25, but it's, it, there's something, man. A lot of these guys, as you said, aren't going to get drafted. We can keep going down. KJ Hamler, 60, 86th wide receiver coming off the board. Chase Claypool, 87th. You know, Randall these guys Cobb. Are... Get Randall Cobb and PPR. That is my free square of your draft, your last pick, whatever. I think I just took him in our best ball. I have Deshaun Watson nice. for and Randall Cobb. So week eight is going to be tough for me when they're on by. But yeah. Randall Cobb is going to have a very, 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 very strong floor all season long. Deshaun Watson has tunnel vision on the slot if the, if the – if he doesn't have enough time because that offensive line is not that good. If he can't get, if cooks and uh, fuller can't get mm-hmm. open deep quickly. Randall Cobb is going to have a very strong season for a free price in your draft. That is my last guy. Um, LaVisca Chanel, I uh, very strong tape out of Colorado. I think where he went mm-hmm. super big dude. Uh, Jacksonville is going to be, chasing a ton of points they cut marquise lee or got or traded him whatever the case may be or i just didn't they didn't resign him i think he's with the patriots now but um yeah down here so like i just think there's value in talking about all those guys that we did talk about i think we got through 65 because some of these guys that we mentioned we didn't really necessarily say which one is for sure going to be a league winner but there are league winners that are going to be late there you know maybe it's a guy like Nikhil harry maybe it's a guy like michael Pittman or jalen rager we talked about whatever the case may be but Randall Cobb is going way too low in drafts right now. Just if you're listening to this, get him in your last or second to last pick because he will be useful multiple times, especially in PPR. And you can bet your ass I will have him in my week one Houston stack or whatever day I stack Houston. I will have both wide receivers or I'll just use Deshaun Watson and Randall Cobb and let the field play fuller and cooks. And I will have a very good day with that. But Randall Cobb will be in our cash game lineups often this year boys so uh, and girls so get let's ready get for it. boys and girls let's get it and so i think that's a good place to stop about an hour and a half deep not too bad not too shabby it's always a good time <laughs> when i get to hang out with nick nick where for can sure. everyone find you on the internet six picks baby at s-t-i-x-p-i-c-k-s and thank you always for having me i'm excited to talk tight ends because that'll, that'll probably be a pretty quick show um <laughs> i yeah, can probably yeah. talk about 30 tight ends but that's way too much for fantasy but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I just go on a rant like I did today because yep. we obviously went long. So hopefully you guys have a super long commute to work if the if your state's open back up and you can finish this on your way there and back, whatever. But yeah, average commute is about forty five minutes, dude. You're good. You go. You're right. Yeah, you're right. In work and home covered. We got you. You play it the next day too because this information. This is evergreen shit, man. You know we can use this for a long time, but. For Nick Brettwich, I think that's how you say your name. I'm Michael yeah. Reveal. No one can say my name correctly here over at Wind Daily. This is the Wind Daily Show, and we hope you all make it a very profitable night.